All right, I want to welcome you all to the second installment of Local Spins Live at River City Studios. It's a special showcase of West Michigan's emerging and burgeoning talent. I'm John Sinkovich of localspins.com, and uh, the website that documents the region's music scene through stories and video and photos and commentary. And I'm absolutely thrilled tonight that we get a chance to spotlight the Traverse City Bluegrass duo of Billy Strings and Don Julen with special guest Kevin Gills on bass. Now it's an honor for me to introduce Billy Strings and Don Julen. Let's go, Don. <laughs> you ready, boys? One, two, three, go.
honey baby now I ain't got no honey baby now in the baggie. We hope you all enjoy it. Got the back in prison once again 
think of all the adulation you guys have gotten in a short period of time i mean getting tab to play the ann arbor folk festival getting into these other festivals that you're talking about you guys have had some glowing praise from some big publications across the country i cannot believe it we are lucky i don't even know how to express how grateful i am for all of the encouragement and uh and and the recent you know it's just been it's just been crazy we've only been doing this for a couple years together and we work hard we work very hard on all of it you know we don't Man, we probably spend more time on the other stuff than the music, you know. But, <laughs> but we, I, I don't know. It, I'm blown away. I, I can just say thank you, and that's all. All right, let's hear something else. And after this song, we'll uh, take some questions from the audience. So prepare yourselves out there. E flat, and then uh, Maggie. Oh, Maggie, if we oh, need cool. it. Oh, cool. He says, all right, man. Here's another brand new one. Well, two. Succeed. 
times and you guys can raise the hair on the back of my neck when you guys get rolling um do you have a description for your technique or how you play guitar in terms of the kind of style that you have well flat picking is what they call it and because i use a flat pick it's just flat see it's not curvy or nothing uh mostly just going up and down on the strings i don't know uh (laughs) 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 yeah that, that That's that technique. There you go. Going up and down the strings. And other than local spins live at River City, what's been your favorite concert experience till now? Obviously, it's been two years of fun. Man, there's just too many to name. You know, you can't. I mean, from the West Coast to the East Coast, we've had some cool parties, man, and it's that's just pretty been... cool. Just last Saturday night here in Grand Rapids at the at the Winter uh, Wheat Winter Wheat at the intersection. That was awesome. Yeah, oh, man. You can't even say Wheatland, you know, Wheatland is great to us. We love Wheatland Music Organization and everything that they do over there and uh, everything. Do you think it's important for musicians such as yourselves to support other groups from this area? Because the camaraderie that I see in West Michigan in particular among Grand Rapids groups, Traverse City groups, everybody's collaborating with everybody else and everybody wants to see everyone else succeed. You know, that's a, you got it, man. You nailed it. It's a... it's a huge family, you know, not just in Michigan, across the country and probably the globe, you know. It's a, it's a common language, you know. You get together with five dudes who you would never met before, and they all play bluegrass, so it's like a fun thing that we can do, you know. And, and uh, no, there's a huge network of friends and musicians, and we all help each other, of course. Yeah, it's just, you know, um, it's crazy. It's, it's really awesome. We, we support all of our friends, you know, and... And, and vice versa. Yeah. In fact, there's a big conference coming up in February called the Folk Alliance International right. Conference, and it'll be in Kansas City. Dude, I can't and, wait. And, and we've arranged a Michigan. We've arranged a Michigan room so that we can do just that. We have our showcases, and we can try to attract agents and record companies and festival promoters and all those people into our room, which there'll be. Us, of course, and uh, Laith Elsadi and, yep. and the Crane Wives. The Ragbirds. And the Ragbirds yeah. and Lindsay Lou. And, uh, Great bunch. 
Yeah. What are we kind of call it? The Michigan. It's, a Michi- it's just the Michigan Roots Showcase yeah, Room, but we're gonna and Red Tail Ring too. But yeah, we're gonna go try to represent Michigan on a pretty international level. As well, you should. All right, I want to take some questions from the audience. Uh, stuff maybe you're seeing from this performance. Maybe stuff you really want to ask them. Uh, a few questions. Just just let them know. Guys, if you would, uh, by the way, wonderful man. It's great being here with you. Uh, would you introduce your bass player again? Mr. Kevin Gills on the bass tonight. That's right. Yeah, we picked him up. And Kevin, what's your background? How did you get hooked up with these two guys? Well, uh, actually, um, my background has a lot to do with uh, Mr. Don Julin. I've played a lot of different music in Traverse City over the years. And uh, we had a group back in the mid-90s called Big Swifty and Associates, which was, uh, that's a real thing. And uh, yeah, Which that one w- of us was big Swifty. Well, <laughs> back then you were the bigger Swifty, but I've, I'm catching up. I do what I can. But uh, yeah, we did that stuff. And that was actually one of my first introductions. I was a rock and roll guy. I grew up playing, you know, along with all those Led Zeppelin records and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we had listened to a lot of other cool music. By then I was interested in a lot of stuff, but that was the first chance I had to uh you know, branch out professionally and play a little jazz and a little folk music and a lot of other different kinds of stuff. But you forgot to tell them that one of the main things that Big Swifty, hold on, if you get to a microphone. Yeah, you can. One of the, one of the, one of the main things Big Swifty was known for was we did a lot of Frank Zappa covers on a Well, that was the common denominator. So. There was a couple of us rock so. and roll guys, and there was a couple jazz guys, and there were a couple of folk guys. But the thing that we all had in common is we love Frank Zappa, and we hated not being in a band where people would pay attention long enough to learn those songs and how complicated they are. So we'd get together at Don's house and practice for a few hours and go home with our notes. So you really and, cut your teeth by playing Frank Zappa. That's how you became such a great bluegrass player. Well, that so. helped. Yeah, I think that, I think that helps a lot. So, so, Kevin, you know, you've sort of got a more objective <laughs> viewpoint. Joining these guys and sitting back there and watching them, what is your impression of these two dudes? Uh, well, it goes back to when Bill first came to Traverse City. You know, he kind of blew everyone's hair back even then. He was playing around with a bunch of our different friends. And I remember when he and Don first got together – I play up in Traverse City a lot with a fellow named Joe Wilson, and uh, we have a duo called the True Falsettos, and we got together with these guys and did a few shows where we'd play, and then they'd play, and then the four of us would come out and just mash together for a little while at the end, and uh, I think there was one time when Don had a solo spot somewhere else, so we grabbed Billy and threw him in the van and took him down to Fenton to some barbecue to play some bluegrass. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Dang. Yep. So yeah, we you know we all hang around in the same town. You mentioned that Traverse City is you know one of those kind of places where people want to see each other succeed. We like hanging out together. You know we like the same kinds of stuff. And for me, you know I've been playing with Joe for a long time and doing a lot of other stuff. And Don and I had talked last summer. You know Joe's hanging around town a little bit more. He's got a young family, and a lot of the other guys I know do as well. And Don was like, you know, we could use a hand out on the road, you know, maybe for this and maybe for that. And, you know, I can handle doing a little sound. I've done that, you know, for a living in the meantime, too. And driving the van is no problem and helping. They found out a way to fit the bass in the And, I, you know, that was the clincher. You know, once they found out a way to fit the bass in there, then it was real easy. But, yeah, no, I've been watching these guys do a lot of these, you know, as you mentioned, the big festivals and stuff like that, so. I definitely uh, leapt at the chance to climb in the van and start learning some bluegrass tunes. It's music I've always loved and listened to since I was a kid. 
And it's one of the few kinds of music I've never had the opportunity to play on a professional level. You know, we'd go do our other gigs and then sit around and play bluegrass yeah. on the beach afterwards. You guys were playing 300 chords to three people, and now you're playing three chords to 300 people. That's the way it should work. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah, it was just sort of a matter of being in the right place in the right time, I guess, more than anything else. And, you know, again, being friends with Don didn't hurt. You know, we've had a lot of stuff go on over the years, and always, I've always, I remember even, you know, when I was just learning how to play jazz after Big Swifty had kind of dissolved and I had a young family and I was thinking about that rock and roll retirement plan and, you know, how to keep things moving, but stay within a certain radius of town. And I remember calling Don and saying, you know, like I need to take some jazz lessons so that I know what I need to know to be useful to guys like you and uh, get some gigs around town. And around that same time, I got an upright bass. I started playing in an old uh, swing band and that was the other big catalyst, you know, starting to play more acoustic music and learning my way around on this as opposed to the old pork chop. And as a stand-up bassist, you always have to measure your vehicles before you purchase them, right? Yep. So, so here you got a, a rocker, kind of a jazz guy, and a bluegrass guy all coming together to play this great music. Yeah, the Michigan stew. Uh, anybody else out here? Uh, go ahead. Tell us about your instruments. What guitar, what mandolin, what bass do you play? And is that, did you inherit it? Did you... Buy it. All right. Uh, How'd you get it? My guitar, uh, I've had it for a couple of years now, and this one was built by a fellow named Roy Noble. He builds, you know, he used to build guitars, and he built about 20 guitars a year, starting in 1959, and this is one of his. And uh, Didn't Clarence play one of his guitars? Right, yeah, Clarence played one of his, and, uh, and uh, it's just a really great guitar. A lot of people say, eh, it's a nice Martin you got. It's built kind of after a Martin. Mahogany, spruce top, handmade guitar. Can't beat it, man. So do you have a backup on the road in case? What's that? A backup? I sure do, yeah. I bring two guitars. And the bass is actually real easy to describe. It's a Frechner German student bass. Just a plywood job that I found at Elderly. I went down there, and they had four or five of them in the back room. And uh, actually, it's kind of a funny story. There's a guy named Phil Wintermute, who you might remember from the Earthwork Collective and all that. He worked at Elderly and he was probably pushing 60 at the time and weighed all of 120 pounds. And if you know elderly instruments, they have a ballroom upstairs that's actually instrument storage. And I sent him upstairs for all five upright basses that they had. You know, he'd come back, oh, okay, that's, you sure there's no more? Well, there is one. You know, he'd go oh, back up the stairs, buddy. You know, so he brought it down. And, uh, yeah, it's nothing special, really. You know, just a student bass from the early 60s or late 50s. But uh, yeah. it has taken a beating, and it serves me well. Yeah. And Don's mandolin was uh, built by a guy named Mike Kimnitzer, and it, he grew it. And Mike grew it out of the ground. It's a nugget. <laughs> yeah, it says Gibson on the headstock, but if you're a mandolin aficionado, it'd be interesting to know that it's really not a Gibson. It's a fake. Um, but normally you would assume a fake would be, you know, an inferior copy. And as it turns out, the guy who built this mandolin is um, Mike Kimnitzer of Nugget Mandolins, who makes some of the finest mandolins available at any price, anywhere. So it's worth more money, the fact that it's a Gibson, that it's, or that it's a Nugget, than it would have been a Gibson. It's actually it was built in 1979. Um, it's a great bluegrass mandolin. And uh, I guess bluegrass mandolins are supposed to say Gibson. I guess that's why he did that. <laughs> he wouldn't do that today. If you ordered one from him today, they do not say Gibson on there. Uh, anybody else out there? Sure. Um, 
As I listen to all three of your stories, as you guys are a group now, it seems that you all have at different times, your road that you were pursuing ended, which brought you all together, uh, which happens to a lot of musicians everywhere, whether it's the genre that's in popularity falls out, yeah. or whether it's the group itself can't no longer continue to be. Um, what would you say to maybe a 12-year-old now who's lost in pop music today, but yet still wants to be a musician, and what can you say to them to continue to push them through that fall off of what they're loving now, and just say, you know, like Billy, for example, um, you know, played a lot of music throughout his life and was in a different bands, different projects, different things. If at any moment those projects ended and he ended his playing, all 15 of us wouldn't be in this room right now. So mm -hmm. what could you say to a kid maybe at 10 in a band or about to be in a band at 13 to say, you know, when this ends, continue to play, you know? Well, you know, I think if the kid's got it, he's going to play anyways, man, no matter what. If he's getting paid or if he's just sitting there in his bedroom like me, like I was two years ago, uh, working in a hotel, you know. I think it's just... Uh, it's hard. It's really hard to make a living playing music. You know, you gotta, it's not just the tunes. You can be a really great musician and, you know, a lot of artists, whatever, whatever kind of art, you know. We're artists. We don't know about business. He does, which is why we're all 15 of us are here. <laughs> uh, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I've been in different kind of bands, different genres and stuff, and uh, I don't know what happened. I really love bluegrass music, and I started with it. I feel like I came back to bluegrass as a, you know, it's almost like spiritual or something. I really, really love bluegrass music, and I love all sorts of music, but um, I don't know. If you love what you're doing, you're going to keep doing it no matter what happens, you know. So talking about like a 10-year-old, when you're, when you're a grandfather or you're a grandfather, um, what are the tales from the road? What, what's your favorite <laughs> tale that you're going to tell your 10-year-old uh, grandson someday? I can't say that right here. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and, and, and whatever the story ends with, it surely will follow with, but the good stuff I can't tell you. <laughs> well, we want to hear some more good stuff. We're have We'd one love more... to pick a couple more tunes for you guys. That's I, right. I know that. We, we go right ahead and play a couple more songs, and then we'll wrap it up. So. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you all around, man. Uh, again, this is Don Julin here on the mandolin, and that's Kevin Gills on the bass. I'm Billy, and here we go. One, two, and away we go. I'm going to a far country I'm going 
too good. I get the feeling that we have time for one more song if you guys can uh, manage to squeeze one in. And I have to say something that your voice is so perfect for what you're singing. I mean, you, I mean, you really have a twang that's perfect for this kind of music. Thank you very much. Where does it come from, <laughs> Ionia? Ionia twang. I guess. Didn't everybody from Ionia sing like that? Sure. I guess it's from. My mom or God or something. Somebody gave me something. Well, you're perfect for this. So yeah, one more song. Maybe we'll do one more thing. We'll we'll, we'll finish could, this could, up. We got a couple more minutes. Can we do something that isn't uh, public domain? At this Absolutely. Let's see one. Let's see one of them brothers too. Pick one. Uh, pick one. Or no, just like select one. <laughs> oh. When you say pick, it means several things in bluegrass parlance. Long gone. Hold on, let me, let me retune. Talk to him for a second. I beat, yeah. it, I beat it out cool. of tune on that last We'll do this one more tune. Again, thank you guys for coming out and hanging out with us today. We, uh, we love you. Thank you very much. We'll try to do this one. Uh, I learned from Reno and Smiley. A little thing called Long Gone.
strings and Don Julen. Uh, after tonight, Billy and Don continue their hectic gigging schedule. They're actually on their way to shows in Iowa, Illinois, and Minnesota over the next several days. But if you're pumped up after tonight's performance, you can catch them back in Michigan a week from tonight at Traverse City's Little Bohemia, where they play regularly, followed on Friday night by a stop at Shorts Brewery in Bel Air, and who doesn't want to be there? And as I said before, they play the Ann Arbor Folk Festival on January 30th, and they'll be back in Grand Rapids to play at the WYCE Jammy Awards at the intersection on February 13th. An amazing night of local and regional music. If you've never checked that out, I'm sure most of you have. There's more than 20 bands performing, and they'll be one of them. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at billystrings.com. Billy and Don also have merchandise and CDs for sale out in the lobby. And adding to that excitement, there's also Local Spins T-shirts for sales out there. Uh, I want to thank yeah, Billy and Don and Kevin for making the trip down. The weather was beautiful and perfect for your trip today, so I'm very happy about that. Being part of the special nights, thank you all of you in the audience and the folks at River City Studios. Keep an eye on localspins.com over the next couple of weeks. We will have the video and the podcast up along with a story over the next week or so. You can follow us on Twitter and at face, look at Facebook for updates at Local Spins. Thanks again and have a fabulous evening. Woo!